and he was introduced to me at that time by Mark Geppert, uh, one, of, uh, one of my spiritual fathers in this house. You've heard us talk about Mark Geppert in Southeast Asia Prayer Centers many times. And so John Paul was this young and up-and-coming up uh, uh you know, guy that was just doing great things in the nations, and so uh, God, uh, God gave him a promotion, and he'll tell you a little bit about what that is maybe a little bit later, but the thing I, I love about John Paul is his story. Um, he, he began following the Lord, went on his first mission trip when he was 18. Hey, we had some young people go on a mission trip this past week, right, uh, or a week or so ago, and, uh, and then God called him to the nations, and he didn't wait, so when he was 19 years old, he took off, went to Thailand, and uh, began to preach the gospel in Thailand. And God has continued to bless him and give him increase. And so let's welcome John Paul Sprecher today as he comes to bring the word. All right. Good morning. Wow. This is, this is awesome to be back. I can have deja vu. Like, like some, of, some of the places that I preach, I can just, I can remember being there. And uh, this is one of those places. And we definitely feel the love of God and the heart of God in this house. Uh, my family, I have one more edition. Last time I was here, I had, uh, well, hopefully I have less edition. Um, I had one more natural edition to our family. We have uh, another son, Judah. We have five kids. Um, three of them are enjoying um, children's ministry here. I have two of them that are out here, um, including my wife, Paula. So if you guys would stand. Um, this is my wife, Paula. The most beautiful woman on earth, and uh, my oldest daughter, Victoria, and my oldest son, Peter, and they are preaching, singing in the nations. I'm just a happy daddy. I'm a happy daddy, and uh, Peter actually has done his first two, he's, this summer he's preached his first two sermons all by himself, um, two different churches uh, up in the PA area, and um, it, I can tell you it's just amazing just to sit there and just receive. Um, just received from your son. And uh, my daughter, Victoria, we just got back from a huge trip to Cambodia and uh, Thailand. Um, our first big daddy-daughter trip. And she still loves me. So <laughs> I'm really happy about that. We definitely got closer. And um, just watching the gifts and callings in her life come forth. And I'm um, just super proud of all of them. Um, and uh, we have a table in the back with our, with our ministry, SCAPC, um, which we joyfully serve with our whole heart the vision of uh, Mark Geppert and uh, those that have come before and after uh, Pastor Ken and Holly, we have just been, uh, was one of the joys of connecting with them, these gems that I've been introduced to by Mark. I'm forever indebted. <laughs> and uh, we have some info in the back. I'd love for you guys to check that out. But um, I, like Pastor Ken shared, I got started, I uh, went on my first missions trip um, when I was 18 years old. I went to Haiti. Actually, Paula was with me. Um, we were dating at the time. I strongly recommend if you're dating, go on a mission trip together. Amen? <laughs> you will be changed. She will be changed. Um, you will definitely see each other at your best and at your worst. That's what I love about missions. You get to see each other at your best and at your worst. And uh, we grew together. We, um, and, and in that bond of the nations, uh, our marriage was truly formed. And uh, I remember, uh, as Pastor Ken shared, some of the moments that shaped me um, was what I saw when I went. And, and we went to some of the very poor regions outside of Port-au-Prince, Haiti. 
and I got to see the extreme um, poverty. It wasn't just for shock factor, but it was truly um, the heart of God. We went out, ministered in these villages. Um, after a lot of the, of course, there's a lot of natural disasters there, many different things that happen that contribute to the poverty. But um, as a young man, as a senior, all the different things that the world is about to put on you, all the different things that people are asking you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Any, any seniors in the room? Yeah? You heard that before? Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life, man? <laughs> you know, and you're like, uh, 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 and you try to come up, and you think, and you pray, and you hope, you know, God, you're going to do something with my life, but you get to that point, like, man, I, I'm stepping out, I'm stepping forward, um, I'm making my own decisions, um, and I need God. And uh, that was the time where I got to see, you know, the bloated stomachs, of children that have no food, um, when when kids have uh, bugs going through their ears, nose, mouth, um, watching death in front of you, and knowing, as a young man, I have, I have a choice with my life. I can either look, or I cannot look. If you know what I mean. And I think those of us that have walked um, and have, have nations where we are very blessed um, in a natural way, we sometimes it's easy not to look or not to look very long. And I asked the Lord after coming out of that trip, I said, God, do not let me forget what I saw. And it burned in me the heart, of, and, and I didn't know what it was. Now I have a lot more verbiage. Praise God. Sometimes you say you preach too long, maybe too much verbiage. Um, but you get, you get the way to express. You get more wisdom on, on what was I feeling in that moment. And I can honestly tell you what I was feeling in that moment was obviously not me alone, but it was the heart of my father crying through me, speaking to me wanting me to see what he sees, and wanting me to be the hands and feet of change, want me to bring change into the world, and being willing to do that, willing to look, willing to do more than just look, but to look long enough where I can get a heart and then become an ambassador, to become a voice, to, to, to make my life, to engage those moments and say, I'm coming forward in the earth as an 18-year-old young man. The, God has given me this window of time what will I do with it? How will I live it? What will I believe God for? And, and, and as we always say, people oftentimes say in church, well, you know, that, that passion will fade. Oh, you'll get used to it. We don't really say that, but we kind of, you know. Oh, they're just young. They'll understand one day. In my Bible, it says, be like a child, for then you'll enter the kingdom. And that is something I ask God. God, do not let me lose the sensitivity of a child to hear my father's voice, to experience what my father is feeling. Because I want to, you've been giving me a window of time. I want to arise, break through my fears, break through my insecurities, and bring a change into the world that you want to see. And I think we all want to do that. Amen? Have I failed in that? Many times. But I will never lose those moments. And I will let God just continue to burn that heart in me because I, will not, I do never want to just not look. 
I know God's given me something. I know God has given you something. And it's important. It's powerful because we are his sons and daughters. Can I hear an amen? If the Father cannot speak, if the Father cannot show us, who will he show? He wants to show in his house first. He wants to change to come out of his house first. To see the world transformed. This is ground zero for change. Right here, right now. Because we are the house of the Lord. And that's what I want to talk about today from Psalm 92, verse 13. I know you guys have been in the Psalms, and I just, I want to, this has become one of my favorite words um, in Scripture. And uh, through the process of growing, Paul and I lived um, in Asia for four and a half years, just to give you a little bit of backstory. Um, our kids have been in Asia many times. It's definitely a second home. I uh, wouldn't trade that for the world. Uh, and God has opened a door to serve as the mission directors for SEAPC, which we have been growing into, and by grace, there's 120 nations that we serve, and so there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of things happening, but man, to be at, it's like being at a, um, oh man, like a, like a war room, but it's really fun, and it's really life-giving, because we're not bringing death, we're bringing life. And to be in that and hear the stories and help send people out into their destiny, just like God sent me. I'm like, Jesus, you know. <laughs> you know, you know what I wanted to do. You, how many of you know that God probably knows more what we want than we know ourselves? That's trust. When you let God lead because you really believe he actually knows me better than I know myself. That's releasing trust, and that's what God has definitely done. And um, I just want to encourage you today in that, because I want to stir up. I believe God wants to stir up. God wants to breathe life. God wants to be strength into the house. Amen? The house, you are the house of the Lord. We together are an even greater house of the Lord. We are, as a unified church, the greatest house of the Lord. We are the dwelling place of God. And so when change comes into the earth, real change, I'm not talking about just, just, just putting a Band-Aid on the problem. Real change comes when the church awakens. There's no doubt, I'm totally convinced that it's not just ending physical poverty, but there's also poverty of the soul. There's also poverty of the spirit. And I tell you, no one can answer that but the church. I, I am so convinced, and I'm so not going to let go, that God said, I have healed you, spirit, soul, and body. I have healed you completely. I have done the finished work. I do not want to see, I don't want to be part of perpetuating a church that would only heal one part of the earth. I want to see total healing. Jesus paid for it. I want to see total restoration of the soul and the body. Jesus paid for it. And the only way that's going to happen is not through the institutions of men, but it's going to happen through the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we that? We are that body. We are the home. We are the dwelling place of God. And we're in that unique position. I remember um, I shared this at the, the board meeting. Pastor Ken was out with us in California. And um, I shared this with Matthew, our president. I said, you know, God, uh, about a week ago, God gave me a vision. And he said, JP, the nations are not waiting for the United Nations. They're waiting for the United Nations. Can I say that one more time? 
The nations are not waiting for the United Nations. They're waiting for the United Nation. And we, or they're not waiting for politics. They're waiting for prayer. <laughs> you say, well, you know, that doesn't sound very practical. Oh, the church is very practical. <laughs> Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's very practical. We have deferred so much of what has been given to us. Amen. Judgment starts in the house of God. Judgment is not necessarily a bad thing. It's transformation of our own lives to see the change that we cry out to see. It happens at home. This is home. Psalm 92, verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. This is, for me, I, when I read that, church, I, I, I see a lifestyle, not just a moment. I love moments with God, but I don't want to live for the next moment. I want to live in the life of God. I want to encounter God anytime he wants me to encounter, anywhere he wants me wants to encounter. I want to be open. I want to be a temple. I want to be like a ladder, like Jacob's ladder, where God can just move through. Because it's just so good, you know? When you taste and see that the Lord is good and you taste, you come to a point where you're like, I cannot live without that. And nor will I try. I will eat of the Lord, of the feast of God throughout my life. Because he wants to give that to me. And it's in this home, this is, this is a lifestyle because out of being planted in the house of the Lord, we do flourish in the courts of God. When we are planted in his presence. Are you the temple of God? Yeah. The house of God dwells in you. The house of God dwells in us. His dwelling place. I, I talked to Pastor Ken yesterday. We had a teacher, Dick Eastman, come in um, to EH from Every Home for Christ into our ministry uh, three years ago. And he's talked about what the Temple of Solomon would be worth today if it was built. Anybody want to take a guess? Except you can't, you can't, because we talked about it. <laughs> How much? Five million. That might have bought the screws. But great guess. Way to be bold. Way to step out. <laughs> Anybody else? A billion? Getting closer. Including, yes. Including the average labor wage. 7.8 trillion dollars. 7.8, that's not, that's not a B, that's a T. Trillion dollars. We have to think about the door was laid with gold. <laughs> I mean, the, all the different things, the trees that were, I mean. Point being, what was it hosting? What was the purpose of the temple? To host the presence. 
do you host the presence? Do $7 trillion change your life? Your temple is worth at least that to God. The ability, the ability to produce what $7 trillion would produce in you is a greater ability. What am I able to do for Jesus? <laughs> Woo. Does it matter what I look at? Does it matter where I go? Well, you're carrying, in a natural sense, at least a $7 trillion investment. <laughs> we talk about, like, the blood of Jesus was worth a lot. Yet it really was. Because the presence moved from that to this. Yeah, amen? And imagine that times however many people are in this room. What is the output, what is the extent of the output from our lives? Because we host the presence of God. Because we are the house of God. If I give you $7 trillion, you would, would you be happy? <laughs> yeah, because you, sometimes not, because you have to have the character to know what to do with it. But we, we do not, I don't think we understand what it's like to be home. And that's the point of this message today. We are in the house. We host our Father. Our Father hosts us in his presence. And that has a tremendous value and capacity to change things. If I will awaken to what I have, who I am, where I am, what I am. Seven trillion dollars would change the world. The church is even more value. And it's the value that brings complete transformation, not just financial transformation, although that's part of it, total transformation of the world. It's like having an engine on the inside of you that just generates life, you know? <laughs> and it's tapping into that and understanding that and letting that grow. And so the key to flourishing in the, court, the courts of God represent the exchanges, the world systems, the, the things that are in place that God oversees, but that he is calling the church to lead. Yeah? Amen? The courts that God has put, the, the people, the exchanges, the places, the, the, the things that need to take place for the universe to move were never supposed to be moved by people that are not in the house of God. We are not called to observe, we're called to engage. And as a church, we are designed to be raised in the house so that we grow and become a reflection of our Father. We, we hear His voice, we experience His love, we experience a new set of values. We're re How many of you are born again? Amen? Being born again is not just a great religious term that gets me eternal security. <laughs> I am reborn, and I am a new creation in Christ. And I am not only that, but I am also re-raised in the house of the Lord. I am re-raised in his presence. 
so that all of the traditions of the world, all the traditions that are not of God, get flushed out of me, all the things that I think I am that I'm not, be removed by the voice of a good father speaking life and identity over me. The world says you can't. Well, my father says I can. We know many things better than we know this. That's not good. Because this is not just words. This is a letters of father to sons and daughters. And as we engage at home, all right, during worship, this is what I heard the father say. I said, I heard the father say, our father is creating home here. Home. Home. There is such important, the biggest healings, I believe, I'm convinced, church, the biggest healings are not physical, they're mental. God says, prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect. The biggest healings are healings of mindsets. Strongholds are demonic patterns of thinking. And the healing, when God's healing comes, it tears down those mindsets. And out of those mindsets then comes the freedom to experience the health that God wants to experience. Amen? And the mindset that this is not home, that home is where I naturally was born, that home is in a geographical location, that home is the traditions that I grew up in, whether good or bad, that's just, that shapes me, is, a, is one of the greatest things that we can be healed from. What is home? Home is in the presence of my Father. You are a supernatural being. Everybody said... You have the capacity to be seated in heavenly places and seated in your chair in this church at the same moment. You are the Avengers. <laughs> you are a team of Avengers. I'll let you pick who you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't open that up quite yet. We'll do that after service. But you are able to do more than the people out, outside of the house of God can do because you have, God has given you a power and a grace to be able to be in his house and at the courts of the Lord, the, court, the house of the Lord and the courts of our God at the same moment. That's incredible. Because you can receive from your Father. You can be at home at the same moment you're here. Yeah. And that's what Jesus did. How many of you love Jesus? How many of you want to be like Jesus? How many of you are in Jesus? We will never be like Jesus was until we live where Jesus was. Jesus lived in the heart of the Father. John 1. I lived in my Father's heart as I walked on the earth. I was experiencing home while on the earth. That is no small thing. Most Christians believe that home awaits them. It's not here. 
is there greater dimensions of understanding that and experiencing it? Absolutely. There's amazing things to come. But Jesus will not come again until the church walks in everything Jesus did. I believe that. He will not come a second time until we have fulfilled everything that he paid for the first time. And what he did in the first time is he reconnected us with our father so that we would not live as orphans, but we would live at home. We would live in our father's presence. We would have open access to the holy of holies and experience God just like he experiences God. And I believe that he will come again for a church that understands that and walks in the same intimacy and, 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 and life of the Father as he does. And those two will be joined together. Isn't that exciting? But the point is, is God's waiting for a generation of people to believe that and to step into that home and make the house of God their home, not our traditions. I love, Pastor Kim, when you came up here, the Lord just spoke and revived something in my heart, a word he gave many years ago. He said, there will come a time where they will bring the sick to the church like they bring the sick to the hospital. And the total healing of the infirmity will happen in the church. And there will be no side effects, except for ones you want. No infections. <laughs> do, are we thankful for the things that men can do? Absolutely. Is it perfect? No. Is God perfect? Yes. In the house of God, there is healing for the entire body. Every sickness, every disease can be healed through the laying on of hands. I've seen tumors disappear in my hands. There was a man who came up to me in India, and his whole family gathered around me. He said, I have three weeks to live. I need a miracle from God. I could see in his stomach was full of, of, of mounds, of masses of cancer. And when it's right before you, you're like, well, I just preached a message about the power of God. Well, you better believe it when they come and bring that. You know, bring somebody like that comes before you. And God said, he said, lay hands on every single tumor that you see and command it to melt. Okay. <laughs> And so I found the, I was like, I'm going to just go for the big one first, man. God can do the big one. He can do them all. <laughs> and this, this whole family, you could feel the hope and the expectation, though. And that is powerful. That is important. And I put my, and I was like, dude, it was nasty in the natural. But, man, you feel the heart of Jesus. I put my hand around that mass, and I just, I just said exactly what God told me to say. And I watched my hands just go like this. He said, do it again. Here, seven major tumors in his abdomen disappeared. That man is still alive. Praise God. That was about eight years ago. Nothing I can do that you can't do. Amen? We have been given, we are the dwelling place of God. <laughs> and the home for those kind of healings lies within us. And as we understand that and grow in that, we step out and we see those kind of miracles. And, and is there anybody sick in this region? Is there anybody sick in the hospital? Where do people go? It's a tradition in the world. We just go to the hospital. How about they come here? How about they come here? 
How about they come home? How about they come to the place where healing started? Yes. Jesus is free, even though it's really expensive. <laughs> it was really expensive for him, but it's free for us. He want, I want to give him that glory, church. I do. I don't believe that's out of reach. I believe God is speaking to the church that we should have that. Not as a second option, not as a third option, but they come home. This is a place where God dwells. And it's not just a building, but it's a people. And if I come among those people, I'm going to experience God. And when I have a need, God, come back home. Come to where you belong. Don't go to a foreign place. Don't go to a second option. Let this be your first option. The emotional healing. In the house of the Lord, there is physical healing. In the, in the house of the Lord, there's healing for the soul. On, you know when those crowns of thorns went in his head? Yeah. You know what that was for? Anxiety. Depression, suicide, put those thorns in there, take that agony. He took that agony of the mind for us. Migraines. My mom has suffered with migraines for 62 years. I'm believing God. <laughs> I, I hate those things. And I just speak healing if any one of you has migraines in Jesus' name. Be gone. Be gone. If you had a 7.5 or 7.8 billion dollar hospital, a trillion dollar hospital, would you feel safe? How much would people feel when they encounter the presence of God within us? Encounter the presence of God corporately as we move together. This is home. This is where people are designed to be. Amen. Planted in the house of the Lord, I will flourish. In the courts of my God. Can you imagine a church like that? I can't. And I won't let it go. And I don't want you to let it go. Because that's what we actually have. And we're discovering, as we grow and are planted, we discover what home is like. I had a great preacher. He said, kingdom normal. What is kingdom normal? Not just what is normal for society. What is kingdom normal? The church brings that change. and has the capacity to bring that change. Physical, mental, spiritual. Amen. Roots, 1 John 3. If you guys would go there with me. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. This is a life message for me. And um, I continually keep learning, praise God, <laughs> um, about it. That, again, the greatest things that we're delivered from is mindsets strongholds that strongly hold us. Make sense, right? Strongly hold us. And those mindsets are that home is in heaven. It's not here. Home 
is how I grew up, the way I grew up. And they're so, sometimes they're so deeply entrenched that the power of God needs to come and actually shift our minds that home is where he is. Not even where I, my home address is not 336 Glenfield Drive, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My home is it can be in Cambodia when I'm in Cambodia. I can feel that same sense of peace, confidence, and security anywhere. Jesus did that, right? Jesus didn't say, let me run to my home church, and I'll heal you. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but he carried the presence. He was home. He wasn't trying to get there. Present reality. Amen? Look at this. 1 John 3, behold what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Different blood. We get the joy of spreading it around. Beloved, now we are children of God. Now. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Oh, exciting. What, what's going to happen? But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Think about that. When he is revealed in his glory at the time of his coming, we are going to be able to recognize him because we understand what he's like. For we shall see him as he is. This is the key verse here, verse 3. So everything you just read, this is the application. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Hope is very powerful. What you place your hope in is very powerful. And the extent of your quality of life is based on what you hope for. And what you hope in. Hope is not a wish. And scripturally, hope is not a wish or a greeting card or hope it happens. It's not a variable. It is a present reality. Hope is an anchor of the soul. Hope is Jesus Christ. The person of Jesus Christ is my hope. And so... Everyone who has this revelation of what Jesus has done and brought us to the Father, as they continue to put that in, as they continue to live it out, what it does is it purifies you. It's like, it's like detoxing yourself constantly. <laughs> all of the things that you thought, all the things that you, the limitations you put on your life, all the things that you said couldn't be healed, won't be healed, might be healed, that revelation that I am a child of God and I am brought into the house of the, God, of the Lord through Jesus, being in that, and I don't mean being in that just for a moment or during this message, being in that constantly, actually, and I can vouch for this with my own life, purifies me. It washes me. My mind starts shifting. My body starts responding. Because I'm actually back where I belong. Poverty doesn't start with money, it starts in the heart. As a man thinketh in his, so is he. 
And some of the greatest strongholds are not allowing God to be father, not thinking that I am home, but that I'm in a foreign place, that the church is a hideout, not a family. <laughs> oh. Just hold on until Jesus comes back. Have a little fun along the way. <laughs> Sorry, that was strange and awkward. <laughs> Just sometimes you make yourself a fool for Christ to get a point across. <laughs> I'm happy to be a fool. If it means people understand that God can flow through me to say that home is now. And we're creating that atmosphere. There's an atmosphere of home, right? It's not out there. It's in God's presence. And this is the place, among these people, this is where we are family. And we get to grow. And we get to discover who we really are together. And we get to do things and go places that we could never go with people that are not Avengers. I'm sorry. I'm using the culturally communicative term for the time. <laughs> Hollywood will forever put out movies about the supernatural because they crave it. We have it. We have it. And I don't want us to watch it. We want, God wants us to live it. Watch it. Hope that it happens to me one day. No, it's now. But the mindset is that it's over there, not here. No, it's here. Home, God has put his presence in our hearts. It's a big investment. He's put it through it, all of us. And the change that we want to see happens as we are planted in the house of God. We see the courts of, the, of God change. Planted, rooted, established. Jesus was very controversial. Anybody know that? Very, very not PC at times. And they came to him and they said, your brothers and your sister are waiting outside. You got to go. What did he say? He said, my brothers and sisters are the ones that do the will of the Father. He's saying is his home is wherever those that are walking with the Father. This is, I'm home. I'm home. And when you're home, you give it all. You can rest at home. Amen. Church should not be a place of tension. I feel, I feel alone. I feel, I feel unsupported. I've, no, church is a place of home. Church is a place of peace, a place of rest. Is it a place of growth? Is it a place of being challenged? Absolutely. But we do it with a sense of peace and rest and confidence. We, we, and we don't, we don't visit it. We stay in it. Home is somewhere where we live. We live in the presence of God. And as we continue to do that together, we grow and we become exactly who the Father has created us to be. And we're healthy. We get healed in our souls. We get healed in our bodies. And then when we go to the courts of the Lord, what do the people, or the, courts, or the courts of God, what do people see? They see a different people. They don't see a people that, that look like Egypt. They see a people that look like the promise. Yeah. They think differently. They walk differently. They talk differently. But it's not just because it just happened. It's because they have a different dwelling place. They have a different home. They have a different address. They have a different dad. <laughs> they have an additional dad. 
And I don't want to oversimplify it, but I don't want to overcomplicate it either. No child in Haiti, no child in any nation should be left like that. Is there money in the world to change that? That money, those gifts are wrapped up in people. Hallelujah. And those people are people that the Father has created. And as they come home, their hearts are healed. Their bodies are healed. Their destiny is revealed. And the world is changed. Because they belong here. And they meet a need somewhere. It's all about home. It's all about our Father's house. Man, I know when I'm there. And I know when I'm out wandering doing my thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And just asking God to follow me. Here, Jesus, come, come and follow me while I do my thing. <laughs> it's like I'm leading, right? Well, that's stupid. <laughs> I found out good I can lead myself, right? Lead myself straight into a ditch. I want to live my Father's presence to lead. <sighs> Amen. This is a lifestyle that plans it. People invest a lot of money to create a nice home and die very poor. Home is much bigger than, than our visiting address. Jesus showed us that. And when I have peace and I have my place, and I'm, start, I'm finally starting to find my place in my father's house. Isn't that a, you know, it's, it's layers. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't have jealousy like I used to. There was a time where if somebody preached better than me, I would try to one-up them. Just being honest. <laughs> if someone had more than me or, or had a better, you know, had a better marriage, man, I would talk to my wife and say, man, our marriage is going to get better. Our marriage is going to get better. <laughs> you know that's insecurity? And that comes from being thinking like an orphan, like I have to make my own way and I have to be better than you for God to notice me and take and, and bless me. I can't be who I am because I'm not good enough for God. I have a place in God's house, and so does everybody else. And, man, I, your victory is my victory. My victory is your victory. And it says the, the word says that the world will know that I have been sent when you are one. John 17. Because I'm not trying to, like, just quote verses, you know. It's just, like, I pursued this. Like, man, I'm just so sick of walking and talking like an orphan. I want to be home. I want to live from a place of being planted in my father's house because then I want to inspire other people to do that. I don't want to compete anymore. I want to compliment. You will never bury that axe without a revelation that you are welcome in the house of God and that you have a treasure already given to you and you walk with God and he helps you release it 
and bless your family, your friends, your kids, your church. Who suffers is those kids. You know? We all suffer when we do those things, when we, when we don't let, when we're not planning. But who suffers is the innocent, the vulnerable. I'm a sucker for, for babies. That's why I have five. <laughs> and um, these, uh, I mean, there's some, you know, pro-life posters that catch me more than others. But there was one, we were visiting a friend on Friday, and there's this little baby, and I've, we've had some direct seeing, seeing, and helping women through those times, and it's just a very, very sensitive spot. It was this little picture of this little baby, and it said, take my hand, don't take my life. And I think, I never want to lose the heart of the father that says that every person that became a millionaire, billionaire, successful in life, or, or, or stood out in society, they were once a little baby that someone had to take care of. Someone had to love. Someone saw destiny. Someone saw purpose. Someone gave of themselves for that. And you just don't, church, we don't get those values from the world. The world pursues self. They pursue their own pleasures. We get that from being in our Father's house. And we have to abide there. And as we're there, we change. We manifest. I'm, I'm so tired of using the word manifest from just a demon sense. No, we manifest. We are revealed in who we really are. God, reveal yourself through me. Live your dream through my life. You'll never be bored. I promise you that. You never know where you'll end up. In the Father's house, there is no lack. No one's starving. No one's broken. Everyone is healed. If that wasn't God's desire, why did he give the garden? started man with a hope <laughs> and Jesus finished it we are that finished work isn't that amazing let's just close our eyes together I think God's going to do some real special stuff here in the last moment hear this constantly from and even ministering you always hear this and so many things go back to it what was your home life like what was it what was good about it what was not good about it what was your father like what was your mother like how was how were you raised so many of the questions for for change they end up going into these areas what was your value system based on what was your belief system founded on? What was normal? 
What was acceptable? What was just the way we did things? What was the kind of language that was used? What, in what tone was it given? Was it given with peace? Was it given with anger? What kind of upbringing did I have? What kind of upbringing did I not have? The world today is a reflection of those choices. Well, church, this is really powerful. These are strongholds. The world today is a product of the good and the bad of those moments. It forms people. It forms needs. It forms systems. Some are good. Some are not good. They form your belief system. What do I believe I am and I can do? What can I not do? What was your upbringing like? We as sons and daughters. Have a different upbringing. And I know for some of us in this room, that's easier than others to receive. But Pastor Ken talked about today in prayer, just the foundations. God's ready to expand us and grow. He's ready to transform our world like he never has before through his people. And some of the last remaining strongholds are letting God invade these areas. And understanding we can forgive people, fathers, mothers, leaders, that have disappointed us and as we have disappointed others. But we, this is the key, we do not look for home. We do not put pressure on people to create what only God can make. And I believe for some of us, there's a release, there's a forgiveness today to let that go, to release from people what only God could provide for you. The right tone of voice in every situation. Never speaking out of anger or resentment or frustration. You know God never does. People can, but people are not your home. Your home is in the presence of your Father. Disappointment, broken dreams. I, I really wanted to do something and it was not provided for me. There's forgiveness today to let that go. Because what it does is by constantly putting pressure on that old system, you miss the new. God gave me a sobering word in my own heart. He said, JP, you fight your old nature more than you invest in your new one. <laughs> I believe that word is for some people in this room today. You are fighting who you used to be more than you are investing in who you are. And there's a mindset shift. There's a shift that I will, I, 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 that was not my home anyway. That was, that was a time to learn grace. That was a time to learn forgiveness. That was a time where people were trying 
but they could not answer. I have come out of trying. I have come into God's presence. <laughs> I have come into wholeness. I, I don't rely on, on the arm of men. Hallelujah. Praise God if, if people give to me. Praise God if people bless me. But I do not rely on them in place of God. Amen. I do not put the pressure on people, even my own parents, even, even people that are closer to me, to ever create home when I am already home. I'm actually neglecting the home that I have <laughs> instead of fully embracing it and being planted there. And then letting everything overflow from that time with God, that intimacy with God, that relationship with God. Man, there's no more, I don't put pressure, I don't put strife on other people, I don't put it on myself, I draw from the, that sounds like Jesus. Do not, do not, um, you know, abide in the vine, abide in the vine, let it drink from the vine. Without me, you can do nothing. This is not a weird thing, this is what we were designed for. There has to be the shift that home, for me, is not men. It's not my traditions. It's God's presence. And I just want to agree with anyone here that wants to make that more of a reality in your life. If you just would stand this morning, I just want to pray with you. And you say, God, I want this to not just be a nice message. I want it to be a reality. I want it to invade my thoughts. I want it to heal my soul. I want it to heal my body. I, I want to be free. I want to take that pressure off of myself. I want to take it off of people. I want to take it, I want to be able to forgive my past. I want to be able to look to my future with, with every expectation that, it, it, that nothing is impossible because I have a new father, I have a new family. I'm planted in the house of God. Well, let's just close our eyes. Let's just lift up our hands to the Lord. Let's just worship. Worship. Worship means worth-ship. Worth. You are worth a lot. I believe that's a really important word for some of us today. You are worth enough to host the presence. You are worth being fathered by God. You are worth being planted in the house of the Lord. You are worth letting this environment be your home environment. You are worth not trying to create something else. Try to find something else. Try to pursue like the prodigal son. Take my gifts, take my, and try to get something from God. No, you are home. You are here. And God, I just thank you right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, like only you can do. Like only you can do, you can go into our minds as we release, as we release rejection, as we release anger. Come on. As we release frustration, as we release disappointment, as we release the, the, the trust on man, as we release trust in ourselves. God, we let it go. We let it go. This is, this is not my burden to bear. I am in my Father's house. I am designed to grow, to flourish, to learn, to be re-raised in your presence humbly as a child comes before his father. God, re-raise me. I don't put pressure on my past. God, I forgive those that have disappointed me. God, take over. I believe some of us need to say that today. Father, be my father. 
<laughs> Be my father. I find my home in you. I find my home in you and I receive the healing right now. I receive healing from physical pains, bodies that are stressed, bodies that are searching for your living water. Right now, in the name of Jesus, receive. You are home. You are home. Take it. In your presence, in your presence I am home. Well, let's just soak for a bit. In your presence, I am home. I have no needs. <laughs> I have no lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have no, I have no jaded agenda. I have no need for manipulation. I have no need for competition. I have no need for exaltation of myself. I have no more need. I am home. I am loved. I am cherished. I am refreshed. Father is looking at me already. Father is, is, is dreaming of me already. Father is, 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 is teaching me already. There's no, no sense of, the, of some on the outside, some on the inside. Everyone has their seat at the table. go down deep. My roots go down deep. When you get this, you will be healed by laying hands on yourself. <laughs> because you know who lives within you. That's how powerful this is. You can take thoughts captive and they cannot take you captive. <laughs> you go from healing to health. I tell you, the Father's will is not just healing. The Father's will is divine health. It's divine health. Come on, can somebody say amen? And if you want divine health, God, I just wait, I'm just going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to agree with that prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the sons and daughters of this house. I thank you for this, the, the word that you have shared. I thank you for the words that you will share. I thank you that this is a family. This is not an institution. This is truly a family. This is truly a people where you are the Father and we are your children. That Jesus, you are our King. And God, we are heirs of that same promise. And God, I thank you right now that, uh, that, that this is a house of not only healing, God. Not only healing, we thank you for your healing. We thank you, God, for the healing that you will continue to do. You will bring in the sick. They will be healed. You will bring in the broken. They will be healed. You will bring in the mentally tormented. And they will be healed. However, God, we realize that in your house is not only healing, but it's the power of health. It's the power of restoration. It's the power of actually being whole, actually being who I'm called to be, actually being uh, completely made, remade in his image. And so, God, I thank you 
that as healing gives way to health, Lord God, just release your glory. Release your glory. Show off these people, Father. Show off your sons and daughters. Show off the, the glory that you've called them to. And make this house, let the doors be open. Let the, and as we go out into the courts of our God, let the doors be open. Father, just, just let the, 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 the broken find healing. Let, the, let those that have felt orphaned find their home. God, we bless you. And we receive our planting. Receive our planting. sense as JP was ministering that and this affects guys much more deeply than it does ladies, though it does affect ladies, but I just really sense the father wound is a thing that the father wants to heal today that, that the things that you've gotten yourself into uh, whether it was whether it was an addiction, whether it was a relationship, whether it was you know, I gotta be the best at something so dad will approve and, and let me tell you, no matter what you do, you can never satisfy that wound. No matter what you do, whether that man is still alive or he's dead, you will never satisfy him. And this, this word that, J, that JP brought to us today is the solution for so many things. That's why it's a foundational word, because it has to do with your identity. Your identity gets formed around things that are, that are not of God. Your identity gets formed around things that will never say, you are enough, son. You've got it. You've got the goods. I've got everything you have need of. And so you form your identity around things that will never, ever, ever turn out. But your father says you are good enough. Your father sent his son. Did you see that word about the blood? Did you, did you see the, the word about the thorn? Did you hear that when he said that? The thorns in the... In, did you see when he talked about the blood being from the old, brought the old multi-trillion dollar investment in that temple coming? The yes. blood made that transition yes. for wow. your life. God wow. is not afar off. He came to bring you home. Wow. And he came to let you have that identity and that relationship with your father. Father, I pray yeah. over each and every person here who's experienced a father wound. 
who can look at their family and say, why did my family end up so screwed up? They, they look at their family and say, why was dad passive? Or they look at their family and say, why, dad, why was dad aggressive? Why was dad so mean? Why was dad so short? Why was dad so not involved? And then they wonder why they function the way they do. Father, I pray right now that we would get the full breadth of that word in the name of Jesus. I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room right now, Lord God, that they would receive the healing from the Father's heart. Lord, that was never your desire for us to walk around trying to earn someone's respect, earn someone's appreciation, earn someone's admiration. Lord, you've called us to be your children. Now you are the children of God. Now you now. are the children of God. Not tomorrow, not when you now. measure up. Now, now you have the Father's DNA. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for healing right now. Yes. Some of you tried to get free, but you couldn't get, you couldn't get free because you didn't get healed. But today you're going to be healed, Thank you, God. and then your Thank freedom's you, going to happen. Then the addiction falls off. Then the, then, then the anxiety about I'm not where I should be, that just falls off. Yes. It just falls off. Crumbles. Hallelujah. In so, Jesus' name, crumbles. we receive that healing in our hearts right crumbles. now. Jesus is rewriting family histories right now. Yes. Jesus is changing the, the destination, yes. uh, the direction. He's redirecting yes. your home. He's redirecting your children because there's a new man at the helm. There's a new father in the driver's seat. There's a new direction that you're going because you're already home. You're already at peace. Come on, just receive that right now. I know, you know, some of you, your minds are saying, this service is going long. Let me tell you, you waited in doctor's offices longer and got far less. Come on. That's the word. Far less. Word. That's the word. Yes. Far less. Yes. Jesus is doing a healing work right here. Come on. Let Dr. Jesus do his work. Wow. Holy Spirit, come wow. right now. Holy wow. Spirit, come. Thank you, Lord, for ministering right now. Come on, I want you to shake off that old nature. Put on the new nature. Put on that new reality of who Jesus is. Who Jesus is in you. Who you are in Christ. Who Christ is in you. Christ in you, the hope. The hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, just lift your voices right now all over this place. Come on. Thank Him for your healing. Thank Him for that healing, that Father word. Thank Him for that freedom that's coming right now. Thank Him for how that He's taken you in. When nobody else would take you in, Jesus took you in. He pursued you. He tracked you down. He said, you are mine. You are mine. I have paid the price on your behalf so that you could be a child of God. You could be a child of God. Hallelujah. 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 We'll wait just another minute. Just another minute. I want to hear a victory sound out of this house. I just believe that God's bringing victory right now. Come on. Come on. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. 
Lord, I thank you for my healing this morning. I thank you, Lord God, that I've received what you have imparted in this house today. I receive it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your change that you brought to me today. Thank you for the healing that you brought to me today. Thank you, Lord God, it's mine. I take hold of it today, it's mine. That word was for me. I receive that today in my spirit, Lord God. Change my DNA. I want my Father's DNA. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite the ushers to come right now. Um, Let me just tell you that this was an appetizer for tonight at 6 o'clock. So if you want to come back, you just say, well, God started something, but I I haven't seen it through yet. Tonight, come back at 6 o'clock. We're going to be in The Verge. And uh, we're just going to, it's going to be a time of prayer, of worship, impartation. I believe the Holy Spirit has begun something. He wants to continue it. And I just believe it's going to be a blessing. If you're making a check, you can make it payable to Lighthouse. If you uh, need a, right there, there's a, uh, uh, an envelope there in front of you. You can put a, a card number on there, whatever the case may be. Or you can swipe your card at the back. Or you can text to give. I think we can have the giving slide up there. But uh, I believe God started something in us today. It's very, very deep. And uh, so let's, let's thank the Lord for that. But let's also do our part and be a blessing to John Paul and his family. Father, thank you for the privilege that we have to partner with you in preaching the gospel to the nations. Thank you, Lord God, for the part that JP and Paula and their entire family do to make sure that people everywhere hear about their heavenly Father. Lord, you brought them here with a healing word, with a life-giving word. And I know, Lord God, that you want to continue that. And it costs money to take that message wherever they're going to go. So, Lord, help us to do our part today. Help us to be obedient to you. We thank you for blessing this offering now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stop by the SEAPC table. There's a lot of tables in the back. Take a minute and stop by there. Uh, we have an overcomers uh, group that's cranking up. You can sign up for that. Uh, We also have our school uh, volunteer table. You can sign up for that. If you're a guest with us, most important table to stop by is is, uh, Inside Lighthouse. Please stop by there this morning. We have a gift we want to put in your hand. God bless you. Thanks for being here.